0: Welcome to China Perspectives, a podcast on economic and credit developments in China, featuring experts from within and outside of Fitch Ratings. My name is Ying Wang, Head of APAC Energy and Utilities and China Research Initiatives at Fitch Ratings. Starting from this edition, I will be a co-host of China Perspectives. Today, I'm pleased to introduce my colleague, Jenny Huang, Senior Director and Deputy Head of China Research Initiatives. Jenny is based in Shanghai. She leads a team producing insightful research on various aspects of China's economy and corporate landscape, as well as on thematic topics, including SOE reform, debt capital market development, and corporate defaults. Prior to joining Fitch, Jenny worked in investor relations at TSMC, the world's largest semiconductor foundry. And earlier in her career, she worked as an equity analyst for CLSA. Jenny, thank you very much for taking the time to join the podcast. I believe this is your second time as a guest speaker, right? Hi, Ying. Yes, thanks for
1: having me again. Very glad to be here to share views on another interesting sector we covered.
0: Okay, Jenny, thanks for being here today. Our topic today is China's consumption recovery prospects. Market consensus, including fixed ratings, expects China's 2023 economic recovery to be consumption-driven. The Central Economic Work Conference in December 2022, right after China moved away from the zero COVID strategy, put consumption recovery as a top priority for driving economic growth in 2023. Consumption was also one of the most popular keywords from government reports during the National People's Congress in March 2023. So, can you explain to the audience why Fitch expects consumption to be the most important growth driver of? economic recovery in 2023, and what is Fisher's expectation on consumption growth and its contribution to the 2023 GDP growth rate?
1: Yes, Uh, yeah, we believe consumption will be the major growth driver for China's economic growth this year, because if you look at the other key GDP contributors, export is obviously cooling down on the backdrop of a slowing global economy and ongoing supply chain relocation outside of China. Investment, on the other hand, is unlikely to grow strongly either, at least in the first half of this year, as we still don't see a strong sign of recovery in property investments. This leaves consumption as the hope of the economy. Therefore, you can imagine government officials will try to make their consumption recovery as sustainable as possible by creating a friendly business environment and providing some incentive programs. Fitch's economics team is currently forecasting a GDP growth of 5.2% this year, among which the team expects around 4 percentage points to be driven by consumption spending, which is very different from the prior rounds of economic recovery in China, mostly driven by investments in the past. The consumption recovery is also driven by a low base. As you know, retail, especially offline retail activities got seriously disrupted by the COVID control measures. And we expect people's returning to the streets together with the buttoning out of consumer sentiment will boost retail sales growth to a range of high single digits this year versus the negative growth of 0.2% in 2022. Uh, Having said that, our forecast is on the conservative side of street consensus because we see several factors, such as shrinking household wealth, especially for the low-income family during the pandemic, a still high unemployment rate, especially among the younger people that have higher propensity to spend, and residents' rising leverage position in the past decade will constrain people's ability to spend.
0: Yeah, indeed, improvement in consumer confidence will be very key to consumption recovery. But at the same time, consumer confidence and their spending power are closely tied with employment and income growth prospects, as you just mentioned. Um, Are there any data or signs already showing some improvement in the Chinese job market and household income growth at all? Yes, as I mentioned, the headline unemployment rate remains pretty
1: high at 5.6% as of February, despite coming off the recent peak of 6.1% in April 2022. In particular, younger people aged 16 to 24 saw very high unemployment rate of 18.1% as of February, much higher than the pre-pandemic level of low teens. Uh, Having said that, we have seen some signs of improvement post-reopening. Uh, for example, a recent survey by the Cheong Kong Graduate School of Business shows that respondents, uh, mostly management of privately owned business, uh, they are expecting hiring to recover significantly, with the hiring index surging to 61.6 in February, from 56 in the prior months. And similarly, the PMI sub-index in employment has also returned to the growth territory in February. Uh, Besides, the policy stance towards private sector, uh, which is the major job providers in the country, has softened notably recently, suggesting a more friendly business policy environment, which is expected to help boost entrepreneurs' appetite for expansion and hiring, although some export-focused companies may scale back a bit to potentially uh, offset the effect. Uh, As a result, survey from the National Bureau of Statistics already shows that consumers' confidence on income level has improved significantly from 95.4 in December last year to 97.5 in January, very close to the threshold of 100, and we are expecting further improvements in February. Uh, We think a better employment and income outlook should help to restore consumers' confidence, which according to the official survey, dropped to around 87 last April, uh, which is the lowest level in uh, over three decades since the data was available, and have recovered significantly to over 91 in January, although a reading below 100 still indicates a lack of confidence. Uh, We think the ultimate recovery of employment, however, will still hinge on the stabilization of the property sector, which together with its supply chain partners
0: contribute more than 15% of China's GDP and offers many jobs. Yeah, so we have seen from the post-pandemic reopening recovery in some other countries, including the United States, where the service sector led consumers' demand recovery and also saw the most acute labor demand and supply imbalance. And this contributed to record low unemployment rate and stubbornly high inflation in the U.S., as we have all seen. Do you expect China's consumption recovery to follow the same pattern? Um, Do you think that there is going to be a risk of service sector wage and price inflation in China as well?
1: Um, Yes and no. I think service sector will no doubt lead to consumption recovery because of people's desire to return to the streets and the low base last year. However, we don't think this will lead to severe wage increase and hence inflation. Uh, This is because uh, China doesn't have the labor shortage problems some Western countries experience. As we just mentioned, unemployment rate remains high, and the stringent mobility control has left many low-income families struggling to make ends meet. This, together with the fact that the Chinese government did not provide direct handouts to individuals, suggests that there is still a large pool of workers to draw from, and little chance for significant wage hikes. And Meanwhile, the service sector in China is highly competitive with low margin. This means employers will find it difficult to pass the higher labor costs to consumers, limiting their ability to offer big wage increases. Uh, Besides, the Chinese economy is less dependent on service. Therefore, even if there's a wage high in the service sector, the impact on the general economy is likely to be much milder
0: than that on some other countries you just mentioned. Okay. All right. So we talked about the service sector. And now let's turn to consumption of physical goods. Um, Last week, the National Bureau of Statistics released consumption growth data for the first two months of 2023, where merchandise retail sales increased almost 3% on a year-on-year basis. But within this 2.9%, just to be exact, growth rate, um, there was a 9.4% decline in auto-related goods retail sales. Um, I think this suggests that the retail sales of non-auto-related merchandise goods actually recovered at a pretty solid pace. So can you please explain to the audience why China's auto-related retail sales declined this much year to date? Um, Was it all due to a high base effect? Um, And what is Fitch's outlook on the full year auto sales in 2023?
1: Yes, this is an interesting question. Uh, so, auto and related products together accounts for around 10% of China's total retail sales. As the largest retail category and an important manufacturing sector uh, that provides over 5 billion jobs, the sector enjoys many favorable policies. Hence, the sales cycle is often twisted by policy changes, like what happened recently. Some supporting policies, including the Uh, 50% purchase tax cuts for traditional internal combustion engine uh, vehicles and the new energy vehicle subsidies expire at end of 2022. Therefore, from loading some of this year's demand to last year, and as a result, retail sales uh, of the traditional fuel engine vehicles fell sharply by 30% year-on-year in the first two months this year, valued by the uh, the volume. And while new energy vehicles unit sales growth also slows significantly to only uh, 23% from 90% in 2022, leading to the plunge in total auto sales as you just mentioned. Uh, We think the whole year sales volume is likely to be better than what we have seen in the first two months uh, after the front-loading effect subsides. Uh, Nevertheless, I think the pricing pressure is likely to persist longer. The price cuts initiated by Tesla in early January to boost demand have triggered a new round of price competition, especially among the mass-market JV brands that hold high inventory to be cleaned up by mid-year when the new China 6B emission standard will take effect. By mid-March, uh, most leading JV brands have released promotion plans ending uh, by March with some supplemented by local government's consumption incentives, which, however, has led to potential buyers' downward price expectation after wide social media coverage, and may force automakers to extend the price work into the second quarter. So overall speaking, our auto analyst is expecting a range of single-digit decline in auto retail sales for the whole year. This is also one key reason driving us to be more conservative on the total social retail sales growth. Besides, the recent price will, if, last longer or go fiercer than our expectation, may add downside risk to our base case as people further delay their purchase decision
0: to wait for even lower prices. Okay, um, but among the non-auto-related goods sales, which so far seem to be recovering um, in a pretty healthy way, Do you expect any product categories to outperform in particular? Uh, Indeed, the sales of the non-auto-related goods have recovered
1: quickly to around 5% in the first two months this year uh, versus a decline of 0.4% in 2022. Uh, Within different product categories, we expect consumption of non-essential goods to deliver stronger growth as it comes off a low base and a sentiment improves. Uh, In particular, apparels and cosmetics are likely to outperform from a low base, benefiting from more social interactions. If we look at the sales in the first two months. Cosmetics and apparels grew by 3.8% and 5.4% respectively. These signs are very encouraging, especially taking into account of the initial KRT period in January when people were still recovering from infections. On the other hand, the sales recovery of property-related non-essential goods. Uh, such as furniture, home appliances, and the furnishing materials will largely depend on the stabilization of property market, uh, which may take some time from our view. Uh, for essential goods such as food and beverages, which experienced very strong growth in 2022 due to the stock-up effect, will likely moderate from a high base. Uh, But we think the four-year growth should remain solid as people continue to prioritize essential goods before the full recovery of consumer sentiments. So overall, we expect non-essential goods, especially social activity-related products like apparel and cosmetics we just mentioned, to lead the recovery among the non-auto-related goods sales although the degree of recovery will ultimately depend on how fast households' income and employment outlook can improve.
0: So now I'd like to um, delve a little bit more into the potential trajectory and patterns of China's consumption recovery. Um, and this obviously can have meaningful implications for companies in the retail and consumer goods sectors. Do you think that the pandemic in the last three years had changed some of the Chinese consumers' behavior and mentality, um, and and whether any of those changes um, could continue to remain in place after reopening. Um, And what would those sort of changes imply for the consumer goods producers and retailers in the China market? Yeah, we did notice
1: some interesting trends during the pandemic, and believe some is likely to persist. Uh, One is the outperformance of some domestic brands in the segments like cosmetics, apparels, uh, consumer electronics, and home appliances as people face higher income uncertainty under the pandemic and seek value for money. Many of these local brands do not have strong brand awareness, but are able to offer products of comparable quality to foreign brands at much lower pricing, catering into the younger generation that tend to be more price sensitive and have stronger confidence in local brands than their parents, as China's overall design and manufacturing capability improves throughout the years. Uh, we believe people seeking for value under the pandemic have raised such brands' awareness and customer access. And therefore, many consumers may become loyal customers after trying. Uh, from a wider perspective, we think people's faith and confidence in local brands may also get strengthened, helping them to enhance brand image in the longer run. Uh, another interesting trend during the pandemic is the uh, rising popularity of online shopping. As people avoid going out in afraid of infection or were quarantine at home, which we also don't expect to reverse much once people develop the habit to order online. as online shopping is indeed very convenient and efficient. Uh, some elder people in my neighborhood, for example, they never thought about shopping online, but were forced to install APPs or join the good purchase organized by the neighbors during lockdown, and many found it very convenient to have goods delivered right at their doorsteps. Uh, but having said that, we don't expect online penetration to pick up much this year, as people need to release their pen desire for physical shopping after a very long period of
0: mobility restrictions. Yeah, that's very interesting, um, since you brought this up. I know that you know we have published a series of reports on China's e-commerce industry in in the last 2 years and as you mentioned e-commerce has flourished and taken shares from offline retail during the pandemic so now you know looking at 2023 what is your expectation on online versus offline retail sales growth and secondly I recently read about some moves from major Chinese internet companies on the retail front. So for example, um, JD.com is offering very significant subsidies to drive more traffic and boost daily sales. So how do you see the competitive landscape will evolve in the online retailing industry? And what would be the credit impact on um, the fitch rated entities?
1: Yeah, so as I mentioned, we think people will shop on the street more frequently this year, but at the same time not abandoning online shopping entirely due to the convenience and efficiency in breeze. Therefore, we believe online and offline goods retail sales are likely to grow at a similar pace at high single digits in 2023, uh, compared with online goods retail's outperformance by nearly 10 percentage point gap in 2022. So that means online penetration of goods retail sales will stay largely flat at around 30% this year. Although the actual penetration rate could be higher than the headline number shows, as official data is distorted by the practice of platforms attributing many transactions taking place online to uh, the physical store affiliates because of the increasing integrated online and uh, offline operations. Uh, Despite the continued growth, pretty environment in the online retail sector is likely to become more competitive as the industry attracts more entrants and uh, becomes increasingly fragmented. Uh, for example, Pinduoduo managed to become a very significant player in just a few years. And more recently, Douyin, the uh, operator of TikTok's Chinese version, has expanded into the on-demand food delivery business to challenge Meituan and Ele.me's dominance. As competition heats up, individual companies are likely to see weaker growth momentum than the sector as a whole. Uh, spending to protect market share losses may also add margin pressure. As you just mentioned, JD.com, one of the largest e-commerce platforms in China, recently announced to offer significant subsidies, aiming to drive more traffic and improve its market position. We believe this could trigger a price war between the leading retailers. Although this is likely to last only for a short while as the subsidies could be depleted within several months. Uh, So far, we think industry-leading incumbents will have the edge in defending their market positions given their strong balance sheet and the uh, free cash flow generation. But companies with a less diversified business mix may face greater pressure. For example, our rating team just downgraded VIP Shop, a discount retailer from BBB Plus to BBB in late February due to a more muted growth outlook and the risk of intensified competition. We believe the lack of scale at these companies could limit their ability to defend or grow market share as competition increases and online penetration gains lows.
0: Alright, um, maybe before we wrap up today, here's one more question. Um, I think that this is something that global investors would be quite interested to know. Do you think that China's consumption recovery will boost imports of any physical goods from other markets and as a result could benefit the manufacturing industries in other markets?
1: Uh, To answer this question, uh, we can take a look at some statistics on China's import structure. Uh, Firstly, China's import is largely dominated by electrical products and natural resources that the country lacks. Uh, While consumer goods only accounts for 11% of China's total imports as of 2021, um, among the imports of consumer goods, passenger car have the highest value share of around 20% in 2020, followed by medicine 7% and cosmetics 7%. But even for these products, China still have very high share of domestic supply. So this shows the picture that China, as the world's largest manufacturing center, is highly self-sufficient for most consumer goods, except for some premium products. Therefore we don't think China's consumption recovery will have significant impact on other countries' supply chain, except for some high-end products in the key categories we just mentioned. This also means the spillover effect of China's economic recovery this round is likely to be weaker than that in the prior few runs,
0: which were mostly investment-driven. Thank you very much, Jenny, for your insight. As always, I am grateful that you took the time to join the podcast today. Thank you, Ying. You have been listening to Fitch Ratings China Perspectives podcast. To learn more about our ratings and research on China, visit us at FitchRatings.com. Please subscribe to iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast. Take care. Until next time.